It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, down in Big D, it was all about the Toronto Raptors. Big three. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, November the 9th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that's pretty broken all the time at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors, doing a little bit more posting over there, little short clips and reels and stuff like that, because you got to do that in 2023, baby. Uh, you can also uh, find the show on Discord, our lovely little listener community we got building around the show. Nearly 250 sickos just like you hanging out, talking ball, and on a night like last night, what a place to be. Just uproarious, joyous, super fun as the Raptors take down the Dallas Mavericks in convincing fashion, 127-116. A reminder, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Just subscribe, follow, rate, review, hit the notification bell on YouTube, and you will never miss an episode. And with that, we bring you to today's show, which is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right. We are here talking about a very fun Toronto Raptors win, again, over the Dallas Mavericks, 127-116, to pull the Raptors to 500 on the season. Will they ever fall back below 500? Who's to say, yeah, they play Boston in their next game, uh, but maybe they can just take on anybody and win, because they got some big wins on their resume already, and uh, here to talk about this very fun win over the Mavericks is our pal, the king of the game recap over at Raptors Republic. It's Jamar Hines. Jamar, how the hell are you, bud? I'm doing good. Looks like the Raptors are playing up and down to their competition early in this uh, regular <laughs> season, but it leads to fun ones like this, so I'll take it for now. It does feel like the Portland loss was quite some yes, time ago, loss. considering what's happened since then. Um, you know, a nice Bucks win, a hard-fought loss to Philly, the comeback against the Spurs, and then last night. Uh, we will dive into the return of the bench, which uh, looked alive in this game. And it was you know, very nice to see. Long overdue. We will get into the good, the bad, and the hmm, of course. But we should start off, Jamar, with I think the big takeaway from this game, which is whenever the Toronto Raptors' big three of Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and OG Ananobi are kind of humming, this team is going to be capable of sweet, sweet basketball music. And boy, oh boy. Was that on display last night? What were your takeaways from the Siakam OG Barnes trio? And, and, you know, 
look, all this season, we're going to be doing the sort of information gathering thing. This game certainly goes down in the sort of, uh, you know, on the case for keeping those three together. Of course, there'll be plenty of games that don't have that as sort of a box checked. But Jamar, thoughts on Pascal, Scotty, OG, all of whom had really fantastic games in their own ways in this one. Well, I'm going to start with Pascal because yeah. um, he had a season high 31 points and 30 of the 31 points came in the paint. The Raptors yeah. uh, outscored the Mavs 72 to 40 in the paint. They didn't have Derek Lively and they already were kind of small as is. So it kind of reminds me of the inside the NBA panel. Uh, a lot of times Barkley and Shaq will be talking about punishing the little guys in the paint. And that's exactly <laughs> what Pascal did uh, time and time again. He found the mismatches. Scotty helped him find the mismatches and he would just post up a Luca or Derek Jones Jr. Or it was just easy pickings in the paint for Pascal. He was 15 for 25. He was 0 for 5 from 3. So yeah. that's, that's at least 75% from 2. And a lot yeah. of those came in the paint. So you know, it was, it was a game that obviously, you know, or this early in the season, you know, guys have been trying to, people have been trying to figure out where does Pascal fit in the offense. He's, you know, he's been off ball a lot. He's been on the wings a lot, you know, which is not really his strength. And then when he wants to be a driver, you have guys like Jakob in the paint, you know, they Scotty shooting well to begin the season, but I wouldn't say defenses res totally respect his shot yet or Dennis's, Dennis Schroeder's shot. So really, OG's the only one that draws a defense out the paint, and uh, it, it's kind of clawed things up for Pascal. So it's been kind of awkward to begin the season, but on a night like this where, you know, the game plan was simple, it was more just find Pascal and find the mismatches, and uh, he took great advantage of that. Uh, OG, OG has been really consistent so far this season. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the three-point shots is falling. He's scoring in transition. Obviously, we know what he, he's able to do as a defender. So it, it's just nice to see the con consistency from OG. And just looking at the box score, you would think that Scotty Barnes had a bad night. Okay, you, you, the first thing you look at is field goal. You shot four. You would 15. be a rube to suggest this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're just, like I said, just box score watchers, you would think that he had a bad night. But Scotty... It, it, I think this was – I don't think it's a stretch to say this was even one of his better games because of the fact that he does so many things outside of scoring or making shots. Like you saw it on display, grabbing boards. He, Like I said, he was setting up Pascal a lot, so he had seven assists. Uh, he had four steals. He had two blocks. He blocked another three-point shot. I believe he leads the league in blocking shots. Yep. Uh, from from three again I think I mentioned this before but it kind of reminds me of of uh, Boucher's Tampa year when he was on steroids <laughs> just blocking everybody from the three-point line Scotty's kind of doing that right now but it just shows you the versatility of Scotty and how many ways he can affect the game even though the shots are not falling and mm -hmm. then he started to find a little bit of his way on drives uh, in the, in the fourth quarter there's a beautiful two-way sequence that kind of basically wrapped up this game in the six-minute mark where Pascal was uh, defending Luca, 
and he was staying. He he probably gave up about five fakes. He stayed on, stayed down on all of them. Didn't bite on anything. I wish we did that in the Bulls game when you know we're jumping at every single DeRozan fakes. Although that was not Pascal, that was Boucher and Scotty. But I digress. So anyway, Luca had to be forced into a tough turnaround, missed it, and then Scotty just grabs the board and goes straight down, coast to coast, lays it in, plus the foul. That basically ended the game. But yeah. that was just. Basically, that one possession it just explained the whole game and how, you know, Luca was held to 11 for 26. He did have 31 points, but you'll take that percentage and um, just bludgeoning them in the paint. And mm-hmm. another thing, it's funny, going back to the points in the paint, the Raptors didn't shoot that great from three. Uh, no. I believe, let me look. I believe they're 11 for 30. Yeah, 11 for 36. So that's 30%. They didn't shoot that great from three. And they missed nine free throws. They're 18 for 27. They only shot 66%. Yet, they scored 127 points. That's an oddity. A lot oddity. of meat left on that bone. <laughs> yeah. there's a That's an oddity in today's NBA where you struggle from three and the line and still score up that many points in regulation. So that just tells you how much they were dominating inside the paint. So you won't see many games like that. Normally those things kind of come in hand in hand when it comes to scoring a lot of points. You're normally making a lot of threes and you're not missing your free throws, but Raptors were just dominating inside. Yeah, and I think this game for me was kind of a showcase of the way Scotty, OG, and Pascal can absolutely elevate one another and amplify each other's strengths in the right context, right? Like, you know, if there's not any shooting on the floor, you know, the whole Yakup Pirtle thing, we'll talk about that elephant in the room, I'm sure, throughout the season. But those three dudes together, you have, of course, the defensive across-the-board length, versatility, ability to kind of guard both on the perimeter and at the rim. And frankly, it's unlocked by Scotty being what he's been as a backline rim protector, right? Like, they've closed games with him at center, and it has been pretty dazzling the last couple times out. And it's because he is a much better defender back there than he used to be, where he'd kind of get caught out of position. He was late. The instincts weren't quite kicking in or or weren't kind of matching. His his bodily sort of movements weren't matching what I'm sure his brain's processing. Now it's all coming together. And when you couple that with OG and his unbelievable on-ball defense, Pascal, the on-ball stuff he's been doing more as like a, a sort of guard defender frankly this season like he's kind of busting out like the 2018 playoff stuff against Bradley Beal and John Wall on a nightly basis you get those dudes humming on defense they're gonna force a ton of misses they're gonna run like maniacs they ran on 25 percent of their possessions in this game scored like a 1.45 points per possession clip which is low for them as they are the best transition team in terms of efficiency in the NBA um you know that's the formula here and those three guys together I'm sorry, they just slap. It's really good. Those three guys without Jakob Pertl on the floor this season, very small sample, just 67 possessions, but a 128.4 offensive rating, a 77.3 defensive rating, and a plus 51.1 net rating in 67 possessions. Again, teensy, teensy sample, but it speaks to what those three dudes can do in concert with one another in the right context. And even with Jakob Pertl out there, Uh, they're still one of the best units in the NBA. They're a plus 18.1 net rating, those four guys together. uh, Or sorry, those three guys um, without the sort of caveat of yak off the floor. So those three guys, all situations, a plus 18.1 per clean the glass. That's a 98th percentile lineup. That's really, really freaking good. And you saw it in this one. You can work around the overlap of skills when Scotty's playing more as a five, when you have a little bit more space out there. You had... 
One of my favorite possessions of the year, our pal Blake Murphy called it the Russian nesting doll of post-ups and cuts. Uh, this was in the fourth quarter, I think. Pascal and Scotty kind of dueling post-ups and cuts off of those post-ups. Yep. Ends yep. up with Scotty getting free throws out of it. Uh, that's the type of stuff you can get creative with. It's not a perfect fit, right? You, you have to have more shooting. There's not enough ball handling with those guys a lot of the time. But those three guys ain't the problem. It's the rest of the roster that feels like what has to come together for those three guys to really sing. Um, but, man, really encouraging stuff to watch those three guys kind of work in harmony the way they did in this one. And as much as Scotty and OG have been the main drivers of positive play for the Raptors so far this season – they are amplified by having Pascal out there as well with the stuff he does well. And there will be nights, you know, not every night is going to be a night where Derek Lively's out and the opposing team has no rim protection, but there will be plenty of those. And it's really nice to have in the instance where Scotty Barnes has an off offensive night, Pascal Siakam to kind of carry you through three quarters before Scotty goes closer mode in the fourth. Um, I was really, really th thrilled watching this basketball game, man, as someone yeah. who really wants the Siakam OG and Barnes trio to kind of be the thing they go forward with. I'm rooting for it. Obviously I'm biased with it, but uh, this was certainly a data point in the favor of anyone who wants to see that trio stick together long-term. It was an absolute blast, Jamar. Uh, it was just yeah. nice to see um, Pascal kind of get to his bread and butter. Like totally. he, he had so, so many of those possessions where, you know, he kind of drives a little bit, gets a little bit of contact, then steps back like around, I don't know, inside the paint or at the elbow area. Like those are shots that we haven't seen Pascal have space to do really a lot this season. Mm -hmm. It was a barbecue chicken game. So, you know. Absolutely. Uh, as it turns out, having multiple ways to beat teams and multiple players who can lead your team on a given night is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> look, like I don't want to be like the, you know, actually Pascal is good guy all the time, but boy, oh boy, sometimes I feel like I need to be just sort of standing on the mountaintops, ringing the bell about how good Pascal is and how complimentary he can in fact be to Scotty Barnes, even as Scotty Barnes ascends rightfully to the perch atop the ladder of this team. Uh, we'll come back on the other side and get to the bench, Jamar. The bench was good. It's crazy. It was. The bench was good. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into performances from Malachi Flynn. Was it his best game as an NBA player? I kind of think maybe. Uh, we'll get into that and much more in just one moment. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host and a ma massive Toronto Raptors fan, Josh Lloyd, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, maybe you're part of our Locked On Raptors listener league. There's 16 people in there. I'm winning my matchup 9-0 this week because I listen to Josh Lloyd. You should listen to Josh Lloyd as well. And every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on on your fantasy roster, Josh has given a list of players here. The guy I'm going to highlight is Bismack Biombo, Toronto Raptors legend, of course. Xavier Tillman has been dealing with knee soreness. Biombo's come in as an emergency signing and just been everything that Memphis team needs. Of course, they're not winning games, but that's fine. Bismack's picking up blocks. He's picking up steals. He's picking up rebounds. Uh, that's the thing we know what Bismack Biombo is going to do. So if you're looking for the right fit with your team, much like, uh, you know, with a player on your basketball team, but you want it for your car, I got there with over 122 million parts for your ride. eBay Motors is the place to go. 
So make sure your ride is running smoothly with brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it, just like Josh Lloyd has you covered with whatever your fantasy basketball team needs. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day, Jamar Hines, along from Raptors Republic as we break down a thrilling Toronto Raptors win over the Dallas Mavericks to move to four and four. Just a heads up tomorrow on the podcast, Joe Wolfond, our deal pal, will be along to talk about the first tenth of the Toronto Raptors season and where things sit, a bit of a temperature check on all the different things under the hood for this team. Uh, Jamar. The bench. Let's dig into this. Uh, a really nice outing. Good performances basically across the board, except for Grady Dick, who was kind of, uh, you know, invisible in the first half. Uh, played just seven minutes, didn't play in the second half. But Chris Boucher, Otto Porter Jr., Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent Jr. all combined to fill in the rest of the bench minutes. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., probably his best game of the season, 16 points, four of eight from deep, looked very comfortable. Uh, Malachi Flynn, maybe the best game of his NBA career when you factor in the defense he played on Ky- Kyrie Irving for stretches. Otto Porter Jr., we'll talk about him. I'm going to get into him in the hmm at the end of the show. Uh, Chris Boucher, where you want to start with the bench dudes here, Jamar? Let's start with Malachi, actually, because I'm yeah. Gonna... What <laughs> haven't been the biggest fan over you know the length of us doing this podcast together. So <laughs> this was a game where Malachi was big. Uh he had he made two big threes, I think, in a very critical moment. The first one to end the third quarter, it put the Raptors up, I want to say double, I think it put them up 11. Mm-hmm. And then in the first minute of the fourth quarter, he made another one. This is during the time where basically it's like your transition period time lineups wise. And it was during a time where Dallas was kind of threatening. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gave the Raptors a lot of breathing room. Uh, he was competing defensively against Kyrie, who is kind of being used weirdly this season by Dallas, <laughs> I would say. Like, he's not on... I mean, this is not like a Pascal comparison, but he's not on the ball as much as he probably should be considering what he can do offensively. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know Luca is extremely ball dominant, but I don't know. It's been kind of weird. But anyway, he was competing re- really well against Kyrie. Kyrie's kind of like they were going back and forth a little bit, and Malachi wasn't backing down. So, you know, this was one of those games where everybody was looking at Malachi and was like, hey, okay, Um you know, if if Nick Nurse gave him a little bit of more rope, maybe he could have displayed this a little bit earlier. Whether you agree or disagree, it's anybody's prerogative. But uh, he definitely has confidence more this year compared to last season, where mm-hmm. I don't think he's looking over his shoulder to get that quick hook. Because remember, he started this season pretty awful, right? So the fact that he could stick with it and contribute in a big road win like last night is is pretty good. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. Let like me he... let me jump in on Flynn for a sec okay, uh, before we go on to Gary. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, loved Flynn's game. Uh, I think, you know, it's very clear that he's just like more physically up to the task this season, right? Like I feel like the, the talk about him, we always talk about muscle watch and it's always a little bit overhyped, but it feels like it actually has translated to Malachi Flynn making sense on an NBA floor now where he can actually stay in front of guys. He can get to his spots a little more effectively And yeah, the fact that he is just kind of coming in and taking those catch and shoot threes when they come to him within the flow, it's not forcing things. 
that's fantastic. I, I think he's been on a, a couple game run here of being one of the better Raptors reserves, which, you know, I didn't think I was going to say at the start of the season, but I'm happily uh, like ready to eat crow. If Malachi Flynn is going to be a reliable backup point guard for this team, there's still a lots of proving ground to be, you know, trodden between now and fully believing that it's here and happening. And, and I think you can count on night tonight, but um, he's very clearly someone that Darko is going to put the faith in. And he's obviously the bench vets, very special boy. Uh, like Dennis Schroeder seems like glowing every time he does something. Garrett Temple like just comes over yeah. and gives him Garrett, hugs yeah, and Garrett congratulations. It's beautiful to see. Great stuff for Malachi Flynn. I'm thrilled for Eric Flynn somewhere on Facebook, just being very happy talking about Nick Nursery or whatever. Um, Gary Trent Jr., thoughts on his 16-point night. He was, uh, again, I think as good as he's been so far this season. You don't get anything else, really, outside of the shooting, but that's fine. Gary Trent Jr. is there to shoot and be a gunner, and he gunned quite well in this one. He had one of those pull-up threes uh, in the fourth quarter when the Raptors were trying to extend that lead. It was like a no, no, yes type <laughs> of shot. I literally said that out loud. But, you know, he started the season struggling with his shot, and it looks like he's back. What was he, four for eight from three? Raptors mm-hmm. struggled from three as a team, but Flynn and Gary combined for six of the Raptors' 11 threes off 50%. So Huge. Like, yeah, so you like that stat. Uh, Chris Boucher is a guy who made another three. He was so hyped up that he made that three in the first quarter that the gum, the gum flew out of his mouth. <laughs> now, I feel like chewing gum and wearing a mouth guard. Is he wearing a mouth guard? Because I don't I, know. Because I, I, I can't. That even seems fathom. like a tough task to do at the same yeah. time. So, I can't multitask like in anything in my life. Chewing gum and playing basketball. Uh, not and wearing a mouth guard. I, I will if ever do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh. Otto Porter, uh, he played 15 minutes. At least it's good to see him, you know, start to get in the flow of getting consistent minutes considering how long he's been out. He didn't score. Uh, he missed both his three-point attempts. But uh, the Raptors combined for 34 bench points. And mm-hmm. even adding this game, they ranked 27th in the league in bench points per game with 26.5. Only Philly, yeah. the Lakers, and the Celtics score less from the bench so obviously this is not something that happens very often and if we could just get some more consistency from the bench it can only lead to good things yeah and i'm gonna get an auto at the end of the show but uh you know he didn't hit his threes but it's undeniable that when he's on the floor a lot of the raptors lineups make more sense right yep, like they can totally. roll him as the fourth guy alongside a guard and the big three and those lineups we'll get into it you saw the intrigue game yeah yeah pretty intrigued in general there and you know if he hits his threes it's gravy but again it's not just about your three-point percentage it is about how defenses guard you and how they worry about your threat of shooting it's the concept of space for sure and he injects space alongside the most important players on this team it's not totally dissimilar to what he used to do for the warriors when he literally was starting finals games for the nba champions like 18 months ago uh, because he makes a lot of those lineups just beefier, bigger, more defensively versatile, and he just brings—he doesn't take stuff off the table, right? 
He can hit threes when they come to them. He's going to be a a rebounder for you. Uh, He's obviously a very sort of versatile, smart defender. can play a little small ball five. It it is a really nice thing to have Otto Porter Jr. playing. And they mentioned this on the broadcast, but I think it checks out the kind of more staggered schedule here after the very loaded first week in a bit. Uh, Seemingly a nice bit of runway to kind of ease him back into regular game shape. Um, So hopefully more Otto Porter Jr. to come. Uh, Let's come back on the other side. We'll get into the good, the bad, and the hmm. There's not going to be much bad in this one, Jamar. Spoiler alert, I'm doubling up on the good because it feels like a day worthy of doing that. We will get to that in just one moment. Before we do that, however, we got to tell you about Jace Medical, today's sponsor. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts, who sits, and I'm thankful for that connection that we have today. I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend, thanks to our partners over at Jace Medical. With life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions as well. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. And, and I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone, unquote. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase Go and check him out, jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, rounding out the show here, as we do on every game recap episode of the podcast. It's the good, it's the bad, it's the hmm, a thing we liked, a thing we didn't like, and a thing that's got us a little bit intrigued about what lies ahead for your Toronto Raptors. We will start with the good. I'll go first here, Jamar. Okay. Darko Ryakovich's button pushing in this game. Last couple of games have been pretty good Darko games, I would say. Uh, as it turns out, you know, the first five or six games for anybody, especially a new coach, bit of a learning experience, bit of a process of figuring out what works, what doesn't. It seems like Darko's settling in a little bit here. Um, the, the sort of piece de resistance here, the two consecutive successful challenges on Ben Taylor wrong calls. Mwah! Fred Van Vliet smiling from Houston. <laughs> it's glorious to see. Uh, I also thought, you know, we had a couple nice after timeout plays here and there. That's, I know, been a, a note um, of sort of discontent with people. Louis Zatzman had a great piece on this on Raptors Republic yesterday. People can go check out. Um, but the thing that really stood out to me, Jamar, was a very subtle thing. End of the third quarter, Raptors are up by eight. They get the ball back with a little bit left on the clock to go and take the last shot. Pascal Siakam had been sitting. They sub Pascal in for that last possession. Pascal walks it up. All right. It might have been Flynn who walked. Yeah, it was Flynn who walked it up, I think. Yeah, or whatever it was. No, Pascal has the ball at the top of the arc. I'm remembering now. Uh, The threat (laughs) of Pascal Siakam driving and eviscerating any number of Dallas Mavericks forwards as he had been doing all night long 
completely spooks the Mavs. They run a little pick and roll, the same play they always used to run with Fred Van Vliet, where Fred pops over to the wing. It was Malachi Flynn this time, and the total fear of Pascal Siakam having the night he was opens up a wide-open look for Flynn. He cans it. Raptors go into the fourth up 11 as opposed to up eight. I thought that was massive, like a huge, huge swing and a very subtle, just nice pressing of the button by Darko Ryakovich. Thought it was a good game from him. What was your good in this one, Jamar? Well, our goods are basically the same. Okay. So I was actually considering, since you said that you may not have a bad, I was going to make Ben Taylor my bad and <laughs> make that look so embarrassing that, you know, you get challenged back to back on play, like, plays like that and lose both. If, if, the, if the rules were different, and I don't want them to add more challenges at this point, but if the rules were different, he'd, there'd probably be another call where he would challenge and get that right as well. And I'll just say my good is uh we'll just stick with malachi because the dallas mavs uh broadcast called him underrated i so by the way i rewatched the game on the mavs broadcast this morning great broadcast they're awesome yeah so yeah. they they were very highly impressed with uh malachi's game and you know considering you know it's been a, it's been a struggle for him so having another broadcast call you underrated that means that's that's a that's a step <laughs> in the right direction so that that'll be my good because darko was my good but you stole it <laughs> ah sorry to do that buddy uh my uh so i was gonna go i'm not going bad on my second bad i'm gonna double up on the good because it's sure. a good times podcast uh sure. my next one is just the concept of this team grabbing defensive rebounds when they do that they're really hard to beat man because their yeah. first shot half court defense is fantastic their offense running off of misses is literally the best in the nba it's unstoppable it's awesome it's just a parade of dunks and layups and it is a treat to watch having a blast with it and in this game the dallas mavericks only secure six offensive rebounds the raptors cleaned up the glass beautifully even when they were going smaller shout out to scotty barnes our pal joe wolfon noted this last night just what a beast he's been on the glass it's kind of got yep. a little bit under remarked upon just because of everything else he's been doing the leveling up that's come across the board for him on both ends of the floor but he is grabbing boards like a maniac 14 in this game of course uh you could see Occam grabbing 12 those two dudes combining for 26 boards that's 26 possessions that are starting with those dudes with the ball in their hands and ahead of steam going the other way. That is a recipe for very good things for this Toronto Raptors team. And I think we're seeing the benefits of this not being a team that forces the transition game with, you know, jumpy turnover forcing, right? Like they are not hunting steals. They're just trusting in their defense to be fantastic. And that is what they did last night. Uh, you know, obviously they got their steals in there as well. But for the most part, just getting those misses and running like madmen off of them. And it has been beautiful. Again, 25.2 transition frequency percentage last night. That is massive. 20 has kind of been the number. They're over 20. They're basically impossible to beat. Uh, and uh, that, you know, I don't think it's a surprise that they ran that much and were able to pull out this game against the Mavs, who I'm surprised seemed very eager to play a track meet with the Raptors. Shouldn't want to do that. That's how you lose to the Raptors. Um, what was your bad, Jamar? You had Ben Taylor? Uh, yeah, we touched on Ben Taylor, though, so let me just add to your point. Sure. Uh, we, the Smavs are normally like a slower-paced team regarding how Lucas style, so that, that was interesting. Uh, Scotty, 21-10-6, averaging this season. Did not yeah. think he was going to be a 20-10 guy, 
No. So, <laughs> no, so this is spectacular. He's pulling a little bit of the uh, – spoon at – at the expense of his field goal percentage, he was pulling a little bit of um, Moses Malone at the end, just missed, grabbed the board, missed, grabbed the board. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. The I made, yeah, exactly. Special. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I made that comment that you know, Jokic does this a lot too sometimes where mm. he just misses and just grabs it back right away. So that that that, that was pretty funny. And just another, just another point to um, show just the mismatch size-wise with the Mavs and the paint that, you know, that happened all game long. Uh, what's your hmm? My hmm is, uh, I mentioned it a little bit, Otto Porter Jr. closing, and not just closing, actually, in the third quarter when the Raptors kind of opened this one up, uh, also was on the floor in that small ball look alongside Pascal, Scotty, OG, and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, and so far, just 12 minutes on the floor for that lineup, but it is their second most positive lineup in terms of raw plus minus at plus 18 in 12 minutes. Going to keep an eye on that one. Obviously, we need more of a sample to see what it's all about. Um, their most positive lineup is their starting lineup with a plus 19 over 96 minutes. Um, so pretty steady there. But if you can have that sort of cheat code lineup that just racks up the plus minus and you can close games with credibly, that is pretty huge for this team. You know, as it turns out, the Pascal Scotty plus shooting combination, pretty tight. Uh, I like it a lot. It's very fun. Um, what was your hmm from this game? Uh, just more of a pattern over the last few games. I feel like a 10-man rotation has kind of been set, uh, which which the odd man out being Jalen McDaniels. Yeah. Uh, he, he got pretty good minutes in the first couple of games, but, you know, he hasn't been able to make an outside shot. His shot was always inconsistent, and he didn't – it wasn't a high volume to begin with. Mm-hmm. So uh, – he has the tools to be a defender, obviously being being six nine and being long and like a lot of Raptors players are. But he's such a negative offensively, where it, it, it was basically unplayable. So Darko has made that adjustment, where you know he's just getting a handful of minutes per game now. So uh, he didn't even play in this game, got a DNPCD. So it's just just me noticing the fact that you know it seems like right now especially with Otto Porter Jr being back that's a big reason why Mick Daniels hasn't seen the court that much but it just seems like a 10 man rotation has been set so that's yeah. basically my observation yeah that makes uh you know look here's the thing is there will be times for Jalen McDaniels, I'm sure, to slot back in, right. whether it's Otto Porter Jr. missing back-to-backs or right. uh, injuries, which happen. Um, but I think like a little healthy competition for those last couple roster sp- or rotation spots, never a bad thing. Boucher, Achua, I think are probably going to be in a bit of a battle as well for minutes, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, McDaniels having a, a shot at minutes. Grady Dick, obviously, you know, not being handed minutes, kind of having to earn them. This is right. a good thing. And all of these guys are going to get their spots, right? 82 games right. is a long long time and Darko Ryakovich has spoken a lot about the importance of kind of keeping the long game in mind over 82 games that to me suggests all of these guys who you know I think they run 11 12 deep in NBA players all these guys are going to get their shots and their looks and their moments and the guys who run with them will be the guys like Malachi Flynn who get the minutes every single night without fail uh what a weird sentence that is considering <laughs> good on you for bringing up precious. Cause I'm talking about 10 men rotation and for, forgot that precious has been out for the last <laughs> five games. So it's not completely yeah, set, but I'm just, I'm just noticing trends in terms of minutes. That's all. No, it, it seems like nine with like a soft 10 feels like what Darko's landing on most nights anyway, right? Like four guys, you kind of take up the lion's share of the bench minutes. And then depending on, you know, success and production that can kind of, you know, go 10, maybe the ninth guy changes. It's a little bit fluid, which I think is, again, a good thing. You don't want to be too, too rigid, especially this early in the year when you're kind of figuring stuff out. 
Um, one last little minor hmm. I'm curious exactly how long it takes for this Raptors team to become like a league pass darling. I know their offense in the half court stinks, but when they get out running, they're such a delight to watch, and their defense is so bloody good. Scotty's doing such incredible things. OG is obviously a total monster defensively. I wonder once, like, when do the basketball nerds start going, ooh, we got to be watching them Raptors? Uh, you know, that's just a, a little thing to keep in mind. Not that it matters for anything, but, uh, you know, being a league pass darling is never a bad place to be, Jamar. Normally, um, though, to be a league pass darling, you have to have some sort of, like, beautiful offense that people that's people being too rigid in their thinking baby defense can be great to watch too (laughs) well we're talking about a lot of times we're talking about casuals who's only looking at one side of the ball right oh yeah no doubt yeah i don't know i don't know (laughs) i'm talking the nerds the the once the nerds are on you okay uh, okay 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 maybe maybe yeah Yeah. okay if we're just talking that that demographic okay okay i can see Mm -hmm. where i can see your thinking yeah, uh, we'll leave it there. That feels like a, a good place to jump off and uh, leave you for the rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining us and listening in today. Jamar, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Yep, as always, my Twitter, my link to my Raptors Republic work is right there. Uh, Jamar BH, if you're listening. And I will have a preview of their next game coming up on Saturday against Boston. Uh, This is to end this five-game stretch that we thought was really tough to begin November, starting with the Bucs at home and then the Mm -hmm. four-game road trip. And right now they're three-on-one. Did not see three-on-one coming, especially how the October month ended. So, you know, possibility to really turn some heads and go four-on-one. We'll see. Yeah, man. Uh, Keep it rolling. Take down the Celtics. They stink. Lost two in a row. They're actually bums. Uh, (laughs) I think we can ride high after a game like that. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow with Joe Wolfond to kind of break down all that's gone on over the first eight games here with the Raptors heading into that game against Boston Saturday. Uh, In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend. It's always appreciated when you support the show, however you support the show. And we will talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.